Hello and welcome to another edition of the Defining the Dash podcast. This is Mark Mullins, your co-host, joined today by Chad Clifton, brother Chad, our big host. So today, I don't know if I like how that sounds, brother Mark. <laughs> the number one host, and the guy I talk right now is the number two host. And so today, brother Chad, we, if we think about it, we if we think back to last week. Our pilot episode. Yes, sir. We were laying out some things that we were going to try to do with this podcast. Yes, sir. Among those things, we were going to try to give tribute to our heroes. Yes, sir. We were going to try to be an encouragement to one another. We were going to try to make our dash count, the line between the birthday and the death day of our lives on our tombstone. We may look at that. Uh, Also, we're going to... Do some general education, educate ourselves first, yes, sir. Uh, and then educate other people. It don't work out so good when we educate, try to educate somebody else before we educate ourselves. And so we're trying to keep that straight. Uh, fellowship, uh, we're going to be doing some interviews, some topics, and just a lot of hanging out. You know, time people are washing dishes, weed eating, whatever they're doing, uh, hanging out with us. So we are going to talk about salvation. Yes, very important topic. Salvation. Salvation is probably the most important topic that we could talk about yes do you agree absolutely salvation and um, it's, an, it's another one of those like we discussed last episode where you have to know not only what you believe but why you believe it that way absolutely that's 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 going to be the key to any of this is going to be not just knowing what you believe, not just knowing what your preacher has preached, not just knowing what you've been told your whole life, but you have to know why you believe it that way. And with salvation, that's where it's all the more important. It's like when we was preparing for this episode, it's, it's like you were saying, just because you mow the churchyard does not mean you're saved. Sure. You know, there's, um, you know, you can be hired to mow the churchyard uh, and never step foot inside the church. But just because you're on the property does not mean you're saved. You know, so uh, it's important to know why you have to be saved. It's important to know what to be saved from. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know, you know, why you believe it that way. And uh, so I'm excited about today's episode. Um I know. Time flies. It, it, time flies when you're having fun. And so it's been um, a long time coming, and it's exciting to see it finally rolling along. And, man, I'm just excited to see what God's going to take and do. Uh, if he can take and feed thousands with a couple of fish and a couple of small loaves of bread, surely he can feed at least one with what what little bit we can offer. You're making me hungry. And so, <laughs> I love bread. You can have the fish. <laughs> How's bread. that? You so, don't love bread. Even diabetics right. love bread. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my language when we go to bread. But um, so, Brother Mark, I'm going to say uh, this. Uh, if someone was to ask us, when we are saying salvation, okay, when we are talking about salvation, what does salvation mean? Uh, how how are we to respond to that? What does salvation mean? Yes, sir. Very important question, too. I mean, it really is. It is. The, the answer to that question, Brother Chad, if it is considered appropriately and 
applied the way that it should be? That's that's a heavy question. Very heavy. What is salvation? Salvation, if salvation exists, mm-hmm. and I believe it does. Yes, sir. I believe I'm saved. If salvation exists, then that is the most important thing that a man or a woman could ever get. Yes, sir. Salvation. Um, salvation, according to Webster's Dictionary, uh, what I find here, salvation is the act of saving. It is preservation from destruction. Webster would define it as a danger or a great calamity to which one is being saved from. According to theology, uh, salvation is the redemption of man from the bondage of sin mm-hmm. and liability to eternal death. Now, looking at that word, the bondage of sin, salvation, prior to a man or woman being saved, they have to be saved from something. Now, according yes. to Webster, Webster would suggest that they are being saved from a bondage of sin. Interesting word here, he refers to a liability of eternal death. Now, with car insurance, I'm not an insurance salesman by any means. I don't even know what kind of insurance I have in my vehicles right now. Mm-hmm. I have to ask my wife. Uh, but I do know that there is a an option for a full coverage and an option for liability. Yes. The way I understand full coverage is what it, the name would imply. There is full coverage on the vehicle. Uh, when someone takes out a liability insurance, then they are sharing the liability with their insurance company and with their own wallet. Mm-hmm. And the amount of liability that one is willing to take um, based off of the cost or the investment of their vehicle would determine whether or not they have liability insurance or they have full coverage insurance. All right. So anyway, so back to the topic. Back off insurance. So it's the it's the redemption of man from the bondage of sin and the liability to eternal death and the conferring on him everlasting happiness. This is the great salvation. And so salvation is simply, according to this, when a man is redeemed from the bondage of sin and from the liability to eternal death. Now, Webster would suggest that by this definition, that prior to salvation, prior to redemption, prior to becoming a Christian, a man is in bondage to sin and he has an innate liability to eternal death. Right. So, so if salvation is redemption from that, then I think it's important to look at this in the light of the bondage of sin and the liability to eternal death. Now, the bondage of sin, um, thinking about salvation, is, is not enough to, as you were referring to earlier, to mow the church's grass. Uh, in our case, we don't have much grass, and so what too many people would be saved if we were just mowing grass. Right. Um, but... Salvation is a process in which a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, takes advantage of the price that Christ paid on Calvary for their sin. Yes. Now, before a man or a woman or a boy or a girl can be saved, it is important to think about what are we being saved from. Yes. Um, 
What do you think about that, Brother Chad? What do you feel like we're being saved from? Well, I agree with you. When we're looking at this, it's important to know what we're being saved from. Um, we're being saved from, a, like you said, a life of sin. Uh, we're being saved from um, destruction, basically, um, which is where a life of sin leads. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we're being saved from going to hell. Um, and uh, that, that, to me, uh, is, a, is, a, is a key factor. Um, now, it, it's important to know when we, when we talk about this that if there's a heaven, there's a hell. And, of course, if there's God, there's also the devil. Uh, the Bible tells us all that, uh, puts it quite simply. Um, and, and, and one of the definitions that we, we've talked about and, and in this, and, and which I, I really love the sounds of, is uh, salvation simply equals God's grace when mm-hmm. we look at that. And um, that is, that's one thing that whenever I think of salvation, I think of his grip of grace. You know, whenever someone's in need of salvation, uh, we can, we really can just see the, the arm of God reaching out to them, and um, so I, I I love that when we was when we was reading that um, when we was reading salvation is is I guess in, in layman's terms, uh, central uh, simple country boy terms, God's grace is, is salvation, being saved from your sins. Um, and it, it is a gift to us that we really, it's already been paid for, Brother Mark. You know, it's uh, Christ already came. He died. He, he shed his blood. Um, and, and salvation is a gift to us. And just like at Christmas time when, you, when your grandmother, you know, she, she gives you that, uh, you know, box of uh, a sweater or a socks, you know, if she hands that to you, you know, your responsibility uh, in that arrangement, you have to receive it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, our responsibility, he, he's done paid for this gift. We just, we got to receive it. And, uh, and so uh, salvation, it, it is so, so important that we understand that. And and so I, I I hope we can we can clear some of this up today and not be too confusing uh, because I really do want to get to the 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 basics of this the the simplicity of it because it it's really not a difficult thing mm-hmm. um, you know as people we are the ones that complicate things uh, God did not intend or at least I don't feel you know I. Any of this podcast that we do, we are simply expressing our views and our feelings. Sure. Uh, I don't want this podcast to uh, become a slogan for a, you know, a church uh, because we're not, we're not trying to reflect anything on a particular church, on a particular denomination, or a particular, you know, this is simply our views and how we feel about these topics. And... Um, to me, you know, I feel like we needed to go back to the basics on this and um, and and talk about this because it's it's a simple thing. I don't feel like God intended for it to be 
uh, uh, difficult. He made it as simple as he possibly could for us to to come before him to get forgiveness of our sins. Um, he paid the price because he knew it was something that we could not afford. Uh, we could not work long enough in our lifetime to ever achieve wealth to purchase this salvation. Um, we could not do live a good enough life um, to achieve it on merit. And so, uh, you know, he bought this gift for us, and we just got to receive it. We got to come before him, and and receive this gift, this great gift. And and you know, I uh, like I said in in last week's episode, we worked uh, here at the school, and we've worked in Sunday school class now for many years. And and you know, I uh, I've watched many a, a young people grow up and, and pass through the church, and and from the from the time they were born, they were in the house of God. All you know, and and I was in class one day, and. And we were kneeling down in class to pray, and and I had a, a young man that was just looking around and looking around, and and we were supposed to be, you know, down praying. And I, and I looked over at him. I said, I said, you know, we're supposed to be praying. You need to pray. And he looked at me, uh, brother Mark, serious. And and this this changed my whole way of teaching. Uh, and he said, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I thought about that. I thought of how had I failed this young man mm-hmm. being a, a, a teacher and, and Sunday school teacher. You know, I taught him in, in class. I taught him in Sunday school class. I taught him in, in class at school. And, and, and I was like, how have I failed? You know, and then have I failed other kids in that way? Have I failed my own children in that way? Not teaching them how to pray, not teaching them about the basics of our own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, you know, as we go along through this podcast, there's going to be things we uncover as reasons really behind why we're doing what we're doing. Sure. And this is one of those reasons. Right. Is is I want to bring out uh, salvation through Jesus Christ. It's a simple process. It is something that we may complicate. Uh, but he made it as simple as he possibly can for us. And I want to get back to showing our young people this is not a difficult life. It's not a difficult process to be set free from the sin that this world offers. Mm-hmm. And I hope that makes sense. That, that does make sense. <clears throat> um, thinking about that and thinking about the society that we live in, young people, people my age, um, anybody really? Uh, people like options, brother Chad. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking here about the doctrine of salvation, and I'm thinking about you know how what a great gift this is. But when I consider this, I can't help but to wonder and put out there. Um, maybe playing the devil's advocate. That may not be a good time to say this because we're talking about salvation. But devil's advocate. <laughs> right. um, but I like options. Right. You know, um, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make a deal, or if I'm gonna go out and buy a new coffee pot, I want to know what coffee pot has the most options. Which one's got the most bells and whistles? I want to know different prices. Right. I just want to know what my options are. Do and your so research. I yeah. want to do my research. And so looking at thinking about salvation, is there any other remedy? 
we're we're if I'm interested in being saved from sin and I'm being interested in getting out of the liability that I hold of eternal death because of my sin, mm-hmm. I want to see what options I got. Now, are there any other options I have other than salvation? No. There's no other options. No, sir. So you mean that only through Jesus Christ. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Well what if what if I what if I tithes is ten percent? What if I give the church twenty percent? No, sir. So an extra ten percent to the big man above won't buy my ticket. No, sir. The price has already been paid for. Right. Jesus is and uh, he is the door and only through him. No no amount of money is gonna do it. I've actually worked with people before like you're talking about. They said I'm going to have my ties automatically deducted. If I want to sleep in, go somewhere else, not go to church, I'll still be good. But that's but not it, right. It doesn't work that way. They don't work no, that sir. way. Okay. Well, what if what if I were to help people? Summertime's coming. Yes. You know, you know, we get a little extra freedom and some more time in the summertime. What if I were to dedicate? Two days a week, solid days a week, not doing anything but cutting grass for the, the ladies and gentlemen up the road, you know, helping the old lady cross the street, helping the young guy at Walmart, you know, get his groceries in his car and just do community service. Would that buy me any kind of favor with God in light of the liability that I hold as a sinner? We can't achieve it through our works. So we can't achieve it through our works. No. It's not our works. It's all in Him. Now, it, it might buy you merit in your community, and those things are still good things to do as a citizen and as a, um, I guess, quote, unquote, good moral person. It is definitely good character to do those things, but it's not going to buy you salvation. So it's not going to buy salvation. It's not going to buy salvation. And, you know, the salvation is something that if we could buy it, mm-hmm. it would be worth buying. Sure. But the great thing about salvation is it's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. So it's just there. All we have to do is ask. Okay. That's all we have to do. So salvation being the only remedy for sin, it sounds that it sounds like if if I don't take advantage of salvation, mm-hmm. whatever salvation is, whatever the salvation word is, if I don't take advantage of it, then I am. It sounds like I'm helpless. And we are. It sounds like I'm hopeless. Absolutely. That's the. That's a very accurate definition of what we are. Yeah. If if we do not take advantage of this great salvation that Christ has purchased for us, then hopeless and helpless is exactly what we are. All right. So I'm going to look into this salvation thing. So salvation, um, with it though, with salvation, if I can wrap my head around this right, with salvation, I can be free. I'm set free from the bondage of sin with salvation. Yes, sir. So I'm set free from the bondage of sin. When I think about bondage of sin, 
in a man's or a woman's life, I think about how sin affects a man, man, in my case, because I'm a man, I don't know anything about how women think, but I know how men think. And so um, there's no confusion there. (laughs) Throw that out there. Um, But when I think about salvation, and I'm thinking about being free from sin, I remember when I got saved that before I got saved, the sin and the failures that I had and the faults that I had and the regrets that I have, when I came to get saved and to believe on Jesus to be my Savior, when I got saved, I immediately felt like I was free. I felt free from my past. Yes, sir. New start. A new start. Just like a just like a, a new slate. Yes, sir. you know. And a lot of times, you know, if people know what's not right, uh, things that are wrong, uh, a Bible basis uh, for those things that are wrong, and they know that those wrong things are sin. When they get saved, they're free from that. They get a new start. But not only are we free from our past, but we are also free in the present. Right. So. A lot of times, people will live life thinking that I'm human, and because I'm human, I'm prone to failure. And that that is true. I, I, you know, we all mess up. Right. But sometimes we use it as a crutch. Yes, sir. Um, but if I understand salvation right, not only does it free us from our past mistakes, but it can also give us victory in the present over the tyranny of sin. Yes. Um, those things that we know to, that are good, it's almost like it enables us to do that which is good and to shun that which is evil. Yes, sir. Um, it's almost as if it is somebody or something greater than us that are is living in us that causes us to walk different and talk different and act different and treat people different and to think different. It's almost like Christ lives in us. Yes, sir. That's exactly. That's a great, actual great illustration of that. Um, he, he comes to, to live in our heart, and the Bible talks about... Um, you know, light and darkness cannot dwell together. You know, before we're saved, darkness is what we're walking in. When we accept his salvation, when we ask him for forgiveness of our sins, and he forgives us, then we will walk different. Uh, and we, we, we ask him to become our savior. The light comes into our life. And where light is, darkness is not. You know, you never see light and darkness in the same spot. You know, uh, if light's there, darkness is gone. And if if light is absent, then, of course, darkness prevails. And so, but you never see the two together. And and so we're either going to, we're going to have one or the other. We're either going to have Christ in our life or we're going to have the darkness of this world. Um, and which is basic, you know, basically that's serving the devil. You're, you're going to serve one master or the other. And so uh, once Christ comes into our life, 
you know, you become a new creature. You're not going to do the things you used to do. Now, you're going to have people say, well, you, you can't necessarily do what you want. Well, to an extent that's true, but your, your wants are also going to change because you're not that same person. And I, I hope that makes sense. But, um, you know, when Jesus comes into your life, you're, you're, you're not going to be the same as you was before. You're not going to want to partake of the things that you did before, uh, because you're going to you'll realize how the life before really, really you was not the driver. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope I'm, I make sense with this, but you know there was there was another force there driving you. Um, you know they you was not the one in control of your life. If you if you take a um, a drug addict. You know, a, a drug addict is is once they um, succumb succumb to that addiction, you know, it takes control of their life. Um, they they no longer, you know, when 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 they they come down off of of one high and they they go to longing for another. You know, they'll do what they have to do to get that, and they really are not in control. Uh, of their actions at that point, they're not the one driving their their life. That addiction is what's doing that. And so, uh, when we're in, you know, when we're in this darkness, when we're not saved, we're not driving our life, and we don't have control of that. And when we when we come to Christ and we ask Him to be Savior of our life, we're asking Him to take control. Uh, and we're asking him to drive our life, drive it in a safe manner, drive it in a way that's going to lead us, uh, lead us to heaven one day and to be with him for all eternity. You know, that's a good point. When you were saying that, I was thinking about how life is almost like a car ride. Yes. And you got ups and you got downs, you got rain, you got sunshine, you know, you got your windows down sometimes, you know. Uh, air conditioners on, heat on, whatever. Um, but life is a lot like riding in the car, but it's a car that we don't ever drive. Right. It sounds like it's a car that or vehicle we can ride in the passenger seat up front, but it is being controlled and driven by someone or something besides ourselves. Yeah. Um, sinners' lives are reckless. Um, they are. Uh, full of some decisions that aren't well thought through. Uh, Consequences hardly ever are considered. Uh, A lot of selfishness thrives in the life. Uh, A Christian's life is the opposite. Uh, A Christian's life is uh, seems like it has more wisdom in it. Uh, It is being driven by Christ and by uh, the good things rather than the evil things. Uh, but on that car ride, uh, although the vehicle is the same of a person's life, if that makes sense, and the driver can differ uh, depending on which side of salvation one is on, uh, the destination also differs. Yes, it does. Um, the important thing of salvation uh, is the reason why I got saved is I didn't want to go to hell. Yes, absolutely. You know. Um, and so, and that was my ticket out. It was my opportunity to have, you know, a speed bump in the road and pull over to the side, you know, and switch my driver out and 
go somewhere that I originally uh, wasn't on my way to. And so the reason why I got saved is I want to go to heaven. Uh, I don't want to go to hell. And what salvation does is salvation gives the Christian the hope to escape utter destruction in hell, which is sin's final reward. But it gives us a chance to go to heaven, uh, which is ultimately the Christian's reward. And so... So that's what, I guess that's what what uh, what some things about salvation is. Thinking about salvation, I think about a story in the Bible, um, in the book of John, chapter number three. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Nicodemus. Now I'm going to read this, and I'm reading to us out of the King James Version Bible. It's very familiar to the Bible readers. And for a few minutes, I'd like to just take our attention, our focus, and look at this, and look at this new birth. And what the Bible says, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking about Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answers, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So, Brother Chad, I'm looking at this story between this guy, this Nicodemus, this ruler of the Jews. um, And I see here that he comes to Christ at night when it's dark out and it's cold out. He's probably wrapped up in a jacket, coat, and he comes to Christ with a question. And before he questions Christ, he points out something, and he says that we know. So him and his friends and his followers know that Christ is a teacher that comes from God because nobody can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And so Nicodemus wants to know. He knows that there is a God. He knows that there are miracles. He knows that there's something different about Christ than any other man that he's ever met. And his question that he has for Jesus is how can a man, essentially how can a man be saved? How can a man be born again? Uh, when he is old? Can he enter a second time to his mother's womb and be born? And then Jesus says a couple times here, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right. And that again is where almost where people are complicating things. In this, when Jesus says a man must be born again, and Nicodemus looks at it from a physical standpoint, and he says, here I am, an old man. How can I enter again into my mother's womb you know that's you know 
that goes back to kind of us looking at it from a fleshly physical side of it. You know, we are not, uh, you know, we are, we are working here with our spiritual man. And so we, we've got to look at this from a, the spiritual standpoint of, you know, uh, being born again and, and Jesus telling him here, you know, you, you must be born again is you got to lay down this old life and become that new creature, uh, that new creation. Uh, you walk this new walk. you got to lay down the darkness, take up the light. Um, and that uh, here, Nicodemus, and, and something else like we've talked about before with this podcast, whether you're young or you're old, as, as Nicodemus stating he is here, salvation's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, the young, it's for the old. And, um, you know, don't let man complicate this for you. Whether you're five years old, Christ died for you. He loved mm-hmm. you that much. Mm-hmm. Whether you're 83, 85, 99. Uh, we were doing uh, ministry at the nursing home the other night, and there was a lady there. Uh, she's a sweet sister down there, and she's 100 years old. And uh, we couldn't hardly get get much uh, really done talking and, and singing because she would be wanting to testify and just say, you know, God is good. You know, he loved me. He, he I love him. And, you know, just... And, uh, and, and, you know, whether you're a hundred or whether you're five or even younger than that, Christ died for you and he loved you and salvation is for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I want to get that across so bad. Mm-hmm. Salvation is for each one of us. We do not have to die and go to hell. We don't have to do it. We don't have to see another young person walk out our church doors. Mm-hmm. We don't have to bury a young person or an old person and wonder where they went. Right. We can have certainty in that if they give their heart to God and they become that new creature. And they live for him. Then we know where they're going to go. And we can take comfort in that. And uh, I know I kind of went down a rabbit trail here just a little bit. But that's the burden of my heart with this is I want to show our young people how simple it is. How simple Christ made this. to That they could be saved. And that it is for them. You know, you and I was talking before this podcast. It wasn't just for the Jew or the Gentile. It wasn't for the rich or the poor or, you know, uh, only the ones that lived on this hill or that hill. It was for everybody. He came and he died for everybody. And, you know, I I want to tell that. I want to let the world know they can be saved. Absolutely. You know, I was looking at this, kind of echoing what you were just saying, Uh, back here to John chapter 3 Jesus says that except a man be born again um, now when he gives this he identifies the type of person that can be born again a man a human Human, 
Yes. Except a human, if you will, be born again. But nowhere in this, when Jesus is telling Nicodemus and describing to him the process of a new birth, nowhere in here do I see where God is limited on who can be saved. Right. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that many of us know, um, and I'm just going to uh, tell us what it says. But it, it's got to do with a little further down here, a few verses down through here. Jesus makes a statement that is quoted so many times and is loved by so many of us. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, for God so loved the world. That's John 3.16. God so loved the world. So if you stop there, and we know who God is. God is the creator. God is the one, the master designer that designed the world. He designed their bodies. He designed the butterflies. He designed the potato. Yes, he did. And the tomato. That's who God is. And God has this attribute of love. And he loves the world. So when I'm looking at this, how God loves the world, it almost seems like God is not, his love is universal. You were talking about how God, it wasn't just for the Jews or for the Gentiles or it wasn't for the rich or the poor. When God loves the world, God loves everybody regardless of where they are in geography. Right. Regardless of if they are living on top of a mountain or if they're living in the valley if they live in Virginia or if they're from West Virginia or Kentucky or Ohio or Kenya or wherever, God just loves people. Yes, he does. And I know that if God loves the world and I live in the world, then I know God loves me. Um, God's love wasn't confined to geography. It wasn't confined to so- social position. It wasn't confined to age or race or gender but god loved the world and then the bible says that he gave his only begotten son now when he says that he gave his only begotten son son is with a big s right and so if i remember english class right when you're referencing a person you use a capital letter is that right yes sir okay i might have fallen asleep but i think i remember that i dreamed it up anyway um, but he gave his only begotten son. And so if I remember from the Bible, right, God's son was Jesus. And so what does this mean, brother Chad, when it says that God loved the world and he gave his son, what does that mean? There had always had to be a cost for sin. There had always been a sacrifice for sin. Um, you know, prior to this, there, there had always been, uh, the blood of lamb and goat and dove and you know there'd always been a sacrifice for sin there's if you sin there's going to be a cost uh that's that's something that's also very important for us whatever decisions we make in life there's a cost to it um and you know if i decide to go to walmart there's going to be a cost there's going to be gas money to get there there's going to be the cost of whatever i purchase while i'm there and the gas coming back home, there's a cost to that. Uh, anything we choose to do in life, there's a cost. Well, if we sin, there had to be a blood sacrifice to cover that sin. Okay? And 
the sins of man just became so great that the blood of animals just couldn't cover it. And so God sent Jesus Christ, his son. He loved us that much that he sent his son as the ultimate sacrifice to where there would there would be no more sacrifices after that. There could be no more perfect lamb than the than the son of God. And so he sent him as a sacrifice to cover our sins and and to to wipe those away. That if we come before him and ask forgiveness, his blood is applied to our life, it wipes those sins away. It gives us a clean slate. You know, back in school, I when I was growing up in, in the in the lower grades there, we had, you know, this huge chalkboard went all the way across the front of the room. And there were days there that the teacher would, uh, while some was at recess if we wanted to, they, they would let us erase off the board, and we would take those uh, erasers outside afterwards, and we would, you know, beat the dust off those erasers. But, uh, you know, we would, we would wipe that board clean. You know, sometimes there was, when you would use those erasers for that chalkboard, it would still leave remnant behind. There was a coating on that board. And it wasn't until you went and got a wet paper towel or something like that and, and went back over that board was it really clean. Uh, there was always remnants left behind. Well, with, with the blood of Jesus, that's the only way to get rid of all the sin to where there's no remnants left behind. And, uh, you know, that's the only true way to get that slate wiped clean is to apply the blood of Jesus Christ to it. Absolutely. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then it says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He named the individual right there. Who was it? Whosoever. Whosoever. That's you. That's me. That's Brother Nathan. That's our pastor, that's uh, the beggar on the street, that's the president, that's whoever. Anybody that chooses to come to salvation. Anybody that chooses that they're tired of living the life they're living. He named them right there, whosoever. Whosoever. Yep. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking about how simple salvation is. Um, in light of how much God loves me and what a simple message it is. It's it's very deep message. But the takeaway I'm getting right now is that God loves me as a person. God made me the way I am. God made me for me. God loves me for me. And God loves me so much that he gave his only son for me. Yes, sir. That's a lot of love, Brother Chad. Yes. If we could see ourselves through his eyes. You know, my my wife has told my kids that so many times and you know, if if you could just see you through my eyes. You know, as as your mother, or you know, in, in you know, in my case, if they could see themselves through my eyes as their father, you know, the love I have for them, you know, 
if they could see that and they could, you know, just feel that, then they would understand why, you know, we uh, try to teach them the way we do and, and care for them the way that we do. And if we could see ourselves at how God looks at us, if we could see the love, if we could see the the time he's he's thought of us, if we could see the 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 preparations that he's made for us, the provisions he's made for us, the promises he's gave us, then it would it would totally change our lives. Sure. It really would. So salvation sounds like something I'm interested in. Absolutely. Um but when I'm thinking about this salvation thing, I've got to point out that before a man or a woman or a boy or girl can be saved, they must first be lost. Right. That's the only difficult part to salvation is getting a person to realize that they're lost. That they're lost. Because the plan of salvation is simple. The way out, you know, the way to salvation is simple. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people who get maybe go to church every now and then, or, you know, uh, maybe they just feel like they live a good life, and they'll they'll tell you, oh, yeah, I'm saved, or I'm a Christian, or I live right, or I'm... You know, but they don't see that there's not a relationship there with God. Mm-hmm. And so, just as you said, before a person can get saved, they have to first admit that they're lost. You know, a person's not going to ask for direction if they still think they're on the right road. I do that all the time. Yeah. And so, it's it's hard, isn't it, to stop and ask for directions. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just go just a little further. I think I can turn it around myself. I think I can find the way, you know. And and in this case, the way has already been made for us. We just have to choose to turn down that path. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, that's the only complicated part is is coming to. And a lot of folks, unfortunately, don't come to that realization until they've hit the rock bottom. Right. I'm thinking here about, a couple of verses in the Bible, Romans chapter number 3, verse 10. The Bible says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. There is none righteous. We are all sinners. We are all sinners. Yes, sir. Uh, same chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's where we are. Without salvation, Brother Chad, that's where we are. Yes, sir. We, we are not righteous. None of us are. Uh, we are probably this is probably gonna be a topic for another day, but we are all descendants of Adam uh, yes. who fell in the garden, right? And we are still dealing with that today as his descendants. Uh, we're still ha- dealing with the sin that began in the garden, and because of that, when we're born, we're born into sin, and all have sin. And the Bible says that we come short of the glory of God. Um, it's 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 a problem when you come short sometimes. Absolutely. Um, I was trying to do some plumbing at the house, and I know nothing about plumbing. Um, please, nobody call me for opinions about plumbing. <laughs> I can give you other 
ideals other guys girls you can call don't call me i don't know but when i was trying to figure this out there was more than one time that i had to make multiple trips to lowe's absolutely because i did not have enough plumbing material yeah and no matter how much glue i had no matter how many fittings i had no much no matter how much i wanted it to work out if i didn't have enough pipe i was coming up short right and there's no way that i could get the water from where it needed to come from to where it needed to go without enough pipe and so anyway that's all i know about plumbing really um but i was coming up short and for all i have seen and come short of the glory of god because we're sinners we come up short of god's glory yes sir we come up short of participation in the goodness of god because of our sin but um in that state now, before I got saved, I had to realize I was in that state. Right. And then, but I don't want to leave the listeners there because Romans also says in 5 8 that God commendeth his love toward us. So God shows his love toward us. And this is how he does it in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. While we were lying and cheating. And stealing and running around like a bunch of crazy people, God showed us his love, showed humanity his love for humanity. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. What a thought. Powerful. What a thought. Yes, sir. Um, but, you know, we don't have to stay there. Uh, we don't have to live life sinners. We don't have to live life without life and light. Um, we know that the wages of sin is death, but with the wages of sin, there's also a gift, Brother Chad. Yes, there is. The gift. What's the gift? Eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, sir. All right. So, if there's any listeners out listening to this podcast that's interested in salvation and want to know how to be saved... Now, we've talked about what salvation is. We've talked about how not to plumb. You know, we've talked about what we're being saved from. We've talked about how none of us are righteous. We've talked about God's love. We've talked about Calvary. But if somebody don't know what to do with that information, it's just information. My question now is, if we have a listener that wants to be saved... What what do what do we do with that? The best thing for them to do is to first recognize we are all sinners, just like you just read to us. We are all sinners. We've all come short of God's glory. We uh, none of us are worthy of it. Uh, first of all, we're not born entitled to a place in heaven. We're not entitled to anything. If we were entitled to anything, uh, it, it would actually probably be a place in hell. Um, but what he did is he, he purchased us a ticket away from that uh, through the, the shedding of, of Jesus' blood. And so the first thing to do is recognize 
I'm a sinner. I'm unworthy. Um, and I'm, a, I'm in need of forgiveness. And uh, you, you have to recognize where you're at. You have to recognize just how desperate of people that we really are. Uh, how dependent we are on, on him and on his grace. And at that point, you simply have to ask him for forgiveness of your sins. Ask him to come into your life. Become your savior. And to take control of the will. And drive your life. And uh, at that point, give him total control. Surrender all control to him, and he will save you. Absolutely. You know, there's there's Bible for that, Brother Chad. Yes, sir. It's, it's not just theory. Uh, there's Bible for that. Uh, again, Romans chapter 10, um, 9 and 10, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, that's what Brother Chad was talking about, yes. and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You've got to believe that you've got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that he's the only way. You've got to believe in thine heart that he died and he was buried and he was resurrected yes. again, that God had raised him from the dead. A lot of people have died. Yeah. But there's only one that rose again. Absolutely. And we must believe that he not only gave his life for us, but he rose again and he ascended into heaven mm-hmm. to be at the right hand of the Father. And there, Brother Mark, and this this is so awesome to think of, he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. He's there praying for me, and he's praying for you, mm-hmm. and he's praying for these listeners. And... If they're having to listen to me and you, they probably need prayer. Yeah. <laughs> right maybe now. More than once. Yeah, maybe more than one. But he to think that the Son of God is praying for us. Mm-hmm. I think we could make it through just about anything with that, don't you? I think so. Yes, sir. I think so. Now if the Bible's right, Brother Chad, according to this, and we can stand on the God's word, if we confess the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible plainly says, Thou shalt be saved. Yes, sir. And then it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then the reference, once again, John 3.16, that God so loved the world, um, that whosoever believed on him, that whosoever, again, that comes up in Romans, and the Bible says, that whosoever, and we've already talked about who that is, that's everybody, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved, whosoever. Whosoever. So Christ came for whosoever, God loved whosoever, and if whosoever, whoever that is, if that all of us will take advantage of God's love and His grace and His mercy, according to the Bible, we shall be saved. Amen. All right. That's a lot of great information. A lot of uh, a lot of hope in in today's episode. Um, a lot of hope for the future. And and if if you're not if you're not saved, I hope maybe something we said today in today's episode would help you to come to realize the need to be saved. And maybe that would give you a a direction to go and a direction to turn to. And uh, we sure hope you enjoyed today's episode of 
to finding the dash and we hope that you'll tune in with us next week we thank you for your time today and uh, as we covered this information with you and uh, we hope you'll join us again next week on defining the dash god bless you